Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. Damien Donahue here, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Angle Celtic. Paul, I suppose we'll start with the positive news. It, it, it's looking more and more likely like we're going to see both club and inter-county football at some stage this year. Yeah, it looks like it, Damien. I was talking to Liam McCabe, the county secretary there, on, on uh, Tuesday morning. And he, he did stress that he was speaking on a personal basis, but he, he said he was very optimistic. And he, he's, he's fairly certain there will be a club championship, uh, which is good. But he, it's unlikely, in his opinion, that we'll see the same format as last year. So, uh, actually, there's a, there's a big meeting in Crow Park today. Well, it's not in Crow Park, but it's a remote meeting, a uh, central council meeting. And I'd say we'll see big movement uh, on the GA position, I predict, by, by tonight. I think, uh, from what I have heard, I think that we might even see an announcement that an All-Ireland might be played in September, October. That the county boards might have to get their... their all county boards will be instructed to run their championships on a knockout basis and that uh, they'll have to be wrapped up by, by at the end of September. And, and this is all leading towards the November commemoration date. Yeah, yeah. So the things have moved forward. Uh, from what I from, from what I understand, things have moved forward quite a bit. And also, what what is going to happen today? From what I've been told, is that they're going to they're going to bring in a rule today that allows county committees to uh, alter the the format and the structure of their club championships. Up to now, that would have needed the consent of the clubs. It would have needed to go to a vote. Of the of the overall county committee, but they're allowing executive committees to, to do that now, which again is just speeding things up. So the GA are going to look to fly through club championships and maybe running running all Ireland, uh, which it, which opens up another debate, Damien. Why why should club players have to play a knockout and county players not? And is from what you're hearing, is that the proposal that it's a backdoor system with the with the all Ireland? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's that's which, that's the talk, and yeah. Yeah, which 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 is a little bit unfair. That all all with the idea of that they're going to play an All Ireland final in November instead of December. I think that would they not be better off allowing the the, the clubs to play backdoor as well or play a few extra games, and the county pitches are going to be good good enough condition that in December you're going to play. Like Crow Park is playable in December. You can play your All Ireland final then. You can play your semi finals then in in December as well. So you know why not? Why not extend that one out? Get more players, but then it it brings back into the debate at club level and even at county level. Will some players want to play? Like we're going to see a different world after this. That you know, if if somebody's living at home with maybe an elderly parent or 
somebody who's who's fighting cancer or some form of of, of sickness, they're not going to want to expose themselves to to football, regardless of what format it comes in. No dressing rooms, or I'm hearing actually even an idea being muted that they're going to change the rule of the tackle so that you can only tackle for two seconds or you can only get a hand into the ball, like basically restrict the amount of physical contact that would be in the game. Uh, I, I just think that's staggering if they, if, they, if they look to do that. Like, I think that's crazy. Mental. Like, yeah. It just made, like, either we have football or we don't. Like, we can't have COVID football where, where the game has gone <laughs> almost non-contact. I, I, I love the first. No, I'd be totally against that now, but uh, Jesus, if they did that, I'd, I'd be totally against it. I'd be, I'd be on an even bigger rant than usual. Yeah, and, and you do like your rants. <laughs> yeah. another, another thing I did hear was that there was a proposal of these sort of, and again, these are, there, there, there could be no, sorry, not proposal, but there was an idea. Somebody who said, why don't you have, you know, the disinfectant spray things that so all players are walking through that before they go onto a pitch, so that everybody's disinfected before they go onto the pitch. I was kind of like, Jesus Christ, we're going to be hosing players down before we play here, and then telling them not to touch each other. It's uh, it's 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 there's some mad ideas going around, but you wouldn't know what way to come from it. But I suppose, look at at the end of the day, regardless of what way the championship comes in both club and county, it is going to come with an asterisk. It's you know you win it, it's going to come with that little bit of a. Uh, okay, well, look at it. It was a difficult time. That asterisk for me, for most people, are saying it diminishes the the value of the title. I actually think this year it 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 excels the value of the title within it for for one reason. It shows the ability of a group to prepare for football while not coming together for a long period of time. You know, the the the, the individual uh, working for the collective good. Of the team, and 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 the team that has the most individuals that work that way will go out and win these championships. I've no doubt. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to a former a former Cavan footballer yesterday. I bumped into him, and he was talking about it. He wasn't that bothered about the club championships. He was sort of saying, I suppose he's probably he's still a leading player for his team, but he's coming to to the latter stages of his career, and he was kind of saying. It's going to be a bit of a lottery, he thought. He said, will it be the team that has done the most training during the lockdown, lads that have kept themselves in the best shape? Would that be the team that has the advantage? Or will it be the, will it be the team who just has the best footballers? And suddenly, suddenly management and coaching and tactics uh, has a much smaller income, a much lower income, or a much lower um, effect yeah. on, the, on uh, the performances of teams. And it's just a team that, with the best players that plays it. Like at certainly, I'd imagine we're going to see a lot less of a tactical approach because you won't have, you won't have as many time. team meetings and you won't have time and and uh, all that kind of stuff. Although maybe coaches will have time to sit to sit and watch videos when they're not um, actually going to attend training. But it's 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 a lottery. I I agree with it that it's going to be a bit of a lottery and and also a knockout definitely adds a lottery aspect to it. Like you could see, you could see major shocks. It's possible. Like with a, with a knockout. I presume it's not going to be seeded uh, because the top teams will want it seeded if they have an option and the other teams will not. And, and if, the GA, if the GA wants to look like the all-encompassing organisation that it that it is, then it can't seed it. Yeah, I can't see them seeding it. So um, it's going to make for 
for a rare, very intriguing championship. Uh, unbelievable. I, I, the other thing I was wor- wondering about was, will we see all games played in Breckley Park? Because, you know, if, if there has to be a measure of social distance in, in the stands and stuff, you know, imagine Breckley is ideal because there's so much seating and you can get a good view from everywhere. People can spread out. Whereas it mightn't be possible to spread out uh, at a small club venue. That's going to be yeah. another interesting one that we'll have to look at. Yeah, yeah, like it's and and it 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 brings in then like the you know will spectators want to go if it's in a if it's in a local club pitch you know that doesn't have a massive stand that you can't spend that distance apart so it's there's there's a there's still a lot of questions to be answered and and a lot of I suppose problems to solve before it actually gets down to a game being played and 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 a ball being thrown in but it's look at it's good that. It definitely seems the more people I'm talking to that are involved in the GEA, it definitely seems like we're going to see a club championship, which is, you know, was a worry for a while there that maybe we wouldn't see anything, which, uh, look, I'm delighted with because I was saying I didn't miss it up until maybe two weekends ago when the sun started splitting the stones and, and you're on a Sunday evening around the garden and usually I'd be preparing for watching the Sunday game, probably on the way home from a game, but you're you know, instead you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, there's no football and there was a void. There was a real void. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like you, you notice it in, in the summer. You're getting into, you know, the smell of cut grass and the sunshine, and that kind of reminds you of football and 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 you know the ritual of what games on today, what game are we going to, which what game are we talking about. You, you really miss it, and I hope like it's nearly become normalised at this stage that we don't have football. And I just can't wait till it gets normalised again that that football. Ball is life. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That's it. And uh, that actually nearly brings me on to another another debate or another discussion I was having with a, a club manager in Cavan here, who was saying that he's keeping in regular contact with his players. He said, "I'm not. We're, we're not doing actually any training of any sort, but I'm just talking to them and how how to keep and more to keep my contact with them." But he was saying that he was finding a, a, a number of players weren't really missing it. They were kind of going, Jesus, great! I can, I can watch a film every night. I can, I can do what I want anytime. It's great. This is great. And he was saying that he is a worry. Some players might never get back to the rhythm and routine of no. Well, I, I have to plan my life around football. And yeah, yeah. I, I was. That's of, a very interesting one. Yeah, I, I was kind of saying to him that there, therein may may be the the issue that. How many players will come out of this going, oh, I really miss the football? Or, geez, do you know what? Life is great without football. That the players who, oh, I really miss the football, are the ones that potentially can go on and achieve higher and higher and higher things because their, their desire and their love is there for it constantly. Whereas the other side of it, those players, you know, they, they don't have the same desire and love for it. So it's, it, it's going to ne- nearly separate the... The, the lovers from the, the partakers. Yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. The other way of looking at it, see, there's so every every argument you make or every theory you put forward, there's a there's a flip side to it. Like the other way of looking at it is that this is a massive reset button and that everyone's going to come back refreshed and re-energized and fellas that had been been um kind of on the go for a few years and were getting worn down by it were going to come back mad to play football. So you just don't know what way it's going to affect. It'll probably be like everything else. It'll probably be shades of grey and it'll be a bit of both. But 
But I was, what I was making the comment yesterday to, to the, the fellow I was chatting to, um, that the fellas who opted out of the cabin panel, and like it was such, we were so distraught that, that, that the cabin panel had lost a few players coming into this year. But they've all picked a good year to, to take off. Like you couldn't pick a better year because they're missing out on very little so far. And, um, you know, you might see one or two don't come back. You, stranger things have happened if, if, if fellas maybe they're traveling. Although I have made inquiries and I, I believe that it's a Darren McFeedy, uh, is not going to be back, which I had, I had, as a supporter, I'd been hoping maybe it'll work out that Dara will be back from his travels and that that he might join up again with the panel. I, I'm told that that's not going to happen, but you never know. But there's other players that opted out that might be closer to home that maybe it'll suit them to go back in. Um, and then you have the, the injuries. The, the players with injuries, it couldn't have been a better year. Like Niall Murray was going to be touch and go whether he'd play anything before maybe August time. Now there's been no football anyway, and Killian the Gunner, I understand, has had a hand operation, you know, but it's good time to clear up those injuries. You had uh, Paul Graham's back now fully fit. You have, uh, I'm hearing Liam Buchanan is in unbelievable shape. So I'm, I'm kind of energised at the thought of all of these players being fit at the one time for Cavan, how good we could be. Yeah, the only thing is everyone else being in the same boat, but... Yeah, it's great to have yeah. everyone fit. It would be great to have everyone fit. And the other thing is, um, it'll be next year. You'd be hoping that Cavan will have a full hand to choose from because the fellas who are away, away traveling, like none of them close the door. Like Killian Clark, for example, said that he hopes to play with Cavan again. And I'd imagine that's the same with likes of Darren McFeedy, Conor Minor, Conor Rita, lads like that. It wasn't that they were retiring or anything like that. They were just taking a year out. So you'd be hoping of those fellas back. And anyone else who maybe had the itch to take a year off. But like those type of fellas on the county plan who do sacrifice so much, maybe these few months where they're not travelling up and down the road or whatever will be will do them and, and that they'll be happy to come back next year. So Cavan next year could have all the best players in the county available again, which we haven't had for a while, which would be which would be absolutely class because I think that's what, probably one of the missing ingredients for Cavan mm. in the last couple of years. Consistency on the panel is right. It, it, it's made a difference. The, the the other thing that I think I'd love to see was from chatting with with, with some county players that they were saying they're they you know they they've had to not just in Cavan but they've had to maintain certain levels. So it's not necessarily we're doing any huge hard collective work, but that right whenever we start, lads, which could be three weeks time or it could be three months time, we need you at this level so they'll, they'll be given guidelines and go off and achieve that on your own and what a, a, a couple of different county players said to me was the beautiful thing about that is that we could do a pre-season this way basically checking in not having to do the the October November depending on what county you're with December training where you're up and down the road on, on, on dark nights and long you know short days and you're you're traveling in the dark to get an hour of, of dirty running done when we could do the dirty running on our own and prove that we can get ourselves into that shape without the journey on top of it. So I, I hope that the I hope that county management and, and SSE coaches and all that are are learning from this situation that we don't have to put the extra imposition of travel to get players to a certain level of fitness. And obviously that comes back to the players taking the opportunity to prove that they can get themselves into that fitness without the travel yeah well 100 i agree with you 110 percent. but the, the the thing was there that 
there's a cult of, of the SNC coach now. And I put up a tweet about it a while ago and, and every now and then someone what I put up and said, was there ever an SNC coach who wasn't who wasn't highly rated? Highly rated. And every now and then someone does send me a clipping from a newspaper or, or a screenshot from a tweet or something saying, Well, we're delighted to announce we've got highly rated SNC coach, such and such a lad coming to us. Like these lads are all highly rated because there's a sort of a mumbo jumbo sort of pseudo science around it. Some of them are highly qualified, some of them probably have learned uh, you could learn what they know fairly quickly but they but they can present it well um but why why did no snc coach turn around before this and have the balls to say uh we're going to trust our players and we're going to like this you know you're, you're talking about a team environment where you're trying to build trust and all that why the biggest thing you could say was okay let's say killian clark who did a few interviews including with us um, about why he he stepped away and how worn down he was from it and all that and the travelling and how it was impacting his his private life and stuff like that. Why did no SNC coach turn around in any county for a player in that situation, a player that's irreplaceable, and say, okay, you you, you do it this way. You know, it can mm. be done that way. Like, but but these SNC, a lot of these coaches are getting paid by the session for a start. So there's a, there's an absolute conflict of interest there. Like, of course, it suits them to have more collective sessions if they are getting paid by the session. Um, so that that's one thing that that's not that's not conducive to this, and and the other is they probably there's a there's a sort of a group thinker like a herd mentality there, and none of them just really had the balls to stand up and, and say we're going to do it different, mm. and hopefully hopefully now this becomes the new norm because I don't think those those individuals or that collective uh, of of co- of those type of coaches, athletic coaches, whatever you want to call them, that have such an influence over the game, an insane level degree of influence over the game. Considering they're only one small part of the game, strength and condition is one small part of the game, but it probably has the has the most influence over the game in terms of the the demands we put on our players. But yeah. the, those individuals are, or that group are not going to change. They're always going to go with the group. They're going to go with the flow. So you'd hope that when the when the if something like this became the new normal, that they'd go with that then. Because yeah. I, I don't see, I, a lot of them, I, I don't see them as, as innovative. There's too, there's too mm. many of them. Right? I agree. I agree with you. They, they seem to just follow, a lot of them seem to follow the herd. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. On, on a previous podcast, I think it was last week, you were you were we were talking about the um, the the Mount Rushmore of Cavan and and through John Joe O'Reilly and and whatnot. It, I I was saying how there should have been two footballers on it. You were you were making the point about Cavan's Ulster titles back in the in the earlier days. You know, they weren't. They come with a huge asterisk, as in they weren't worth winning. And and a, a number of people kind of got on to me about this, and they're they're making the point that well, in in the same context, then 
our half of Kerry's monster title is not worth winning. Yeah. Yeah, completely, yeah. Like, and, and therefore, because they were so easy one for Kerry and so easy one for Cavan, our Dublin's Leinster title is currently not worth winning. Yeah, Dublin's Leinster titles at the minute are completely meaningless. They're beating a pile of Division 3 teams for the last good few years. Okay, you'd meet up in Division 1 this year, but you'd very few Leinster teams outside of Dublin, even in Division 1 or 2. They're absolutely meaningless. They mean nothing. Worthless. But, yeah, see, I, and I think the point that, that, that was being made to me was that like they're not worthless because they're, they've shown that they're a level above the competitors in their, in their field. That doesn't, that's not their fault. That's not Dublin's fault or Kerry's fault or Cavan's fault. It's that they, they achieved excellence. It, you know, it, well, it's it, not a level playing field in Dublin because you have, a, you, have a, you have a county with a population of a million and the resources that go with it and the sponsorship and everything else playing against counties with very small populations and very little tradition and maybe two codes as well that's, that's drawn on a smaller pool of players like Offaly, for example. With the football area in Offaly is actually really small when you consider that it's a small county to start with, but they're all they're feeling football and hurling teams and trying to do well in both. So I I think it's it's actually there's parallels there with with like Cavan were were every bit the monster in their province that that Dublin are now back in the day. Like Cavan had all the advantages, and Cavan were organised. They were out of the traps forced in Ulster and got organised and and. Uh, you know, had a stadium and all that stuff. Had a stadium before other counties had a county board. You know, I, I would say, yeah. And, and there's an element that it's a great Dublin team, which is, which is people forget that sometimes when they talk about all their advantages. It's a great team. And it, but does, it, that, does that argument not come back then to Cavan? Was Cavan's team of the 40s not a great Cavan team? Yeah, it, it was a great team. Yeah, it was a great team, without a doubt. But... They proved that at all Ireland level the way Dublin have. But they didn't prove it at Ulster level because at provincial level it was it was a cakewalk. They, like again, the the first time Cavan ever trained for an Ulster final was nineteen forty seven. That's a matter of record. And by that stage they had won twenty five to thirty odd Ulster titles without training. Yeah, I just looked up a random year earlier on, nineteen forty four. It's six teams in Ulster. Cavan, Cavan strolled through it as usual. They actually got a bit of a game in the Ulster final, but um, won the semi final 5 9 to 2 3. You know, there, was, there was lots of years where Cavan, if you look through it, Cavan got a bye to the, to the semi final. Mm. You know, that's in a county with nine, with nine, and a province with nine counties, and you're getting a bye to the last four because some of them aren't even entering. Or they might enter the senior for a couple of years and they get a couple of tankings and then they go down to the junior. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think to the fact, the biggest, the biggest, most damning thing about, of all from that is that we don't know how many we won. Like, is it forty-seven? Is it is it thirty-nine? Is it thirty-seven? Like, maybe maybe we can we can settle on thirty-seven now. But for 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 decades, we thought we had won forty-something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I suppose that that just comes back from when Cavan then went on to represent Ulster without a game. Maybe those years. That's there was that bit of confusion, but it, it it's still any I I still would take the point of view that while while I can see where you're coming from, any time you win an Ulster title, regardless of whether there was six teams or 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 two teams or nine teams, it was still worth winning because it was your target for that year. 
it was well sorry your target was probably all Ireland but it was one of your targets for that year so like Cavan Cavan were by your theory a victim of their own success because it diminishes their their success because they were so far ahead of everyone but that was never Cavan's fault it wasn't the Cavan where Drummond the other counties down and saying geez don't start up Gaelic football here you know they didn't want the lack of competition oh no it was never it was never Cavan's fault not not at all. But I would argue that it's that's a bit of a millstone around the neck of of uh, the generations that came after because the landscape changed and we were all we were always yearning for a time when we were when we had this position, this exalted position in Ulster. Um but we never had it in the landscape that, that's there now. So we're not comparing like with like. We never we never whenever there was there was uh, nine well organized counties in Ulster, we were also around. Far the far the sixties when um, we we were yeah. really good, but that was the last great Cavan team, you know. And it's and it stopped. And when it stopped, it stopped. And we haven't we haven't dealt with it well in the in the year since. And what have we done since? Mostly we've looked back and said, "What's wrong with them? And why uh, why are we not winning?" And talking back and like I'm as guilty of it as anyone. But I've come to this conclusion in the last few months that uh, and people are always saying, "Why why did Cavan, why did Cavan?" Slip back so much. Like, that's something I'm sure you've had people from outside Cavan mm. asking you that. I've lost count of the number of people over years that have asked me that question. And the, the reason was that it wasn't that we, we slipped back, but was, we were, for the most part, we were beating nothing, bar those couple of great teams. Like Big Tom O'Reilly uh, used to always say that Cavan only ever had three great teams. And like he would have known because he played on, on two of the three great teams. Um, he said the, the the team of the of the early thirties was a great team, and then you had the team of the late forties was just an amazing team from from about forty five to to forty nine. That was an amazing team. At fifty two, they won the All Ireland. You can include that team in that bunch, but really they won that All All Ireland off the back of about five or six players like Tony Ty, Mick Higgins, Phil the Gunner, Simon Dignan. Um, like they had lost John O'Reilly, they had lost PJ Duke, and there was a whole pile of subs in in forty seven and forty eight who never really came onto the team. Like mo- most of the subs in forty seven that went to New York never really played much for Cavan after, which was interesting. So you had that team, and then you had obviously the team of the sixties who should have won an All Ireland, but didn't didn't get an All Ireland, and that was really it. Yeah, I'm not just, yeah. I'm not, just, I'm not just there's a strong running, argument to be made for. <clears throat> there's a strong argument to be made for it, but it's still um it, it it still it still comes with the with, with the with the, the titles. Those those also titles for me, I, I don't I, I don't I have to say I don't agree with you that they're diminished, you know, or that they're that they're worthless. I, I think that they're um I mean, right, okay. Here's the way another way of looking at it. I know I know someone who has 80 provincial handball medals, over 80 provincial handball medals. Sometimes the rule is <clears throat> the rule is that you can get an Ulster medal even if you don't play a game. When I was when I was Ulster handball secretary for a few years ago, um I changed the rule or I got the, ch- the rule changed that you didn't if you didn't win a game in Ulster, so in certain grades you'd get a buy in Ulster. If you didn't win a game in Ulster, you didn't get a medal unless you won your All Ireland semi final. Um, but it's since been changed back. But I know someone that's got it approximately 80 uh, provincial handball medals. A lot of those, he didn't have a game at all. 
other times he beat some, someone who wasn't up to scratch. And a few of them he would what have are, had tough, tough games. What are they at senior level? No, they're not senior level, but there are various different levels. Minor and on the 21s and juniors and things like that. But and again, it was at the top level. <clears throat> some of them were, yeah. Some of them were and some of them weren't. I'd say if you asked that, that, that lad about the, the top level medals that he has, where he was the best in Ulster in that year, regardless of how many competed, you know, I'd, I'd say that they mean more to him, right? Okay, if, if he got a bye through Ulster, that, that medal is worthless. But once you won a game at the top level, then that's, that's an achievement. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't agree because... What like you're talking about back football in the 30s and 40s in Ulster was very primitive. Like when you when you can win when you're when you're when you can win an Ulster title without training, you have there has to be a, a question mark over it. Like I would draw a line and say, okay, the era of our teams actually trained for Ulster really medals were probably worth something more. And and you saw but that like they, coming it in worked, the 50s. was was Kerry was Kerry training for Munsters. In the, in that era, were Mead and Kildare and 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 Dublin, were they training for Leinster's? I don't know. Era? I don't know. I'd, I'd imagine the Leinster See, Championship was was. The, an, Ulster, an Ulster Championship was probably the easiest one back then because you have to remember that the teams in the six counties were so weak, um, and and Donegal were a rabbit. Like Donegal, the way they worked it was they they divided the county into five areas, and you had to, you had to have a selector from each area. And if the team was picked with three players from each area, and if you if you were best only God selector, your job was, and that even extended down to a player from from Glenties, who was was on the team and was taken off in a match. He had to be replaced with a fellow from his own era, and this went on until the nineteen sixties in Donegal. And I interviewed Seamus Hoare, who who was a railway cup goalkeeper. Um, with Donegal, played with goals with Donegal for nearly 20 years, and he told me about that system. Like, that's what you were dealing with there. Like, you're dealing with counties that were in absolute shambles. Like, Derry didn't have, yeah. a county board, didn't have a county board until 1930. You had Darren were playing in the Ulster Junior Championship uh, and, and won it in 1957. You, you had the likes of Tyrone and Armagh, who really, Tyrone had made a big breakthrough in 47 when they won the minor All Ireland, and they came off from there. but up to that, those teams just didn't count. And like Fermanagh, Fermanagh were, were just nobodies like at the time. So like you're not it's, you're not talking about a strong standard. No, but but again, I still I still think every year you go out to win it. All those Dublin players that have won how many ten in a row Leinster titles, they're when when they finish up, they're going to be delighted that they dominated, that they took control of the province and, and didn't release their grip during their playing days. And it, it is something to be proud of. It, I think it's an achievement. But yeah, but, you know, but, but you're, not, you're not comparing like with like Damien because in, in, to an extent in Leinster, you do have well-resourced teams. Dublin have a massive advantage, but you do have some teams that are well-resourced and, and uh, have a tradition of success. Back then, you didn't have teams that were well-resourced and you didn't have teams that had a tradition of success. But, but would well, who's to say who's to say what was well resourced and what you know as in at, at that at that time and who's to say in in fifty years time that somebody's not going to be sitting on a podcast saying 
oh geez, those list of titles of Dublin weren't worth anything. Sure, they had at minimum three times the population of another county, and in some cases, they had fifteen times the population of a county. Now it's a bit more evenly spread. Now they're worth winning, but in that era, in that time, that's all you can do is go on windows, and therefore, it's 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 a it's a good achievement. I'm, look, it's better to win them than not win them. Don't get me wrong. Of course, of course, uh, Cavan won them. Cavan were the best in Ulster. But I, I'm just making the point that we can't we can't look back and say an Ulster medal in 1997 is or 1969 even it, um, is worth you know has has is this hard won and has this value and it, and an Ulster medal in the, in the 1930s the same. It's it's not because you're not comparing like with like. Um, Ulster was a to- totally different landscape back then. No, it'd be like it'd be like winning a, uh, it'd be like winning a county championship in a new sport. Let's say we set up a new sport tomorrow, and and we set up a county championship, and and me and you played doubles in it, and we won it every year, while other while others were just getting going and learning it, and and uh, then in years to come, suddenly there was fifty clubs in in Cavan, and we won one, we won it once in fifty years. Well. It, It'd be, that would be a very similar similar uh, setup. Like also in Cavan, you had the Diocesan Seminary, like or Diocesan College in in St Pat's, which was opened in eighteen seventy and was all boys, and very early on adopted the the whole GA ethos. Like they were playing, they were playing from the from the pre war years, pre pre the first world war, which you didn't have that. Like you had the you had Saint McCartans and and uh, Saint Eunice, but. They didn't take off the same way as it did in St. Pat's. So that was a huge backbone to for football in Cavan as well. Like that time they used to mm. say that you'd you'd get three or four players into your county team from the from the St. Pat's McCrory team every year. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, it's an interesting one. And as I say, I can see your point of view, but I don't necessarily agree with it. But you look at that's nothing new. Me and you uh, <laughs> often go to heads on it. Come here, Paul. Uh, just to bring everyone's attention uh, to Patreon. Our service over patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan on the diehard service this week. We'll be bringing you our senior championship rankings. Paul done his for the Celt a few weeks back, and, and uh, I've been studying up and, and, and trying to figure out exactly where he went wrong. But it's like, uh, to be honest, it's very difficult to assess their. Uh, their credentials in the current environment because you don't know what the current environment is. But anyway, we give it a stab later on in the week. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan to uh, listen into that one. So thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast. Looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel and, and we'll have football before the end of the summer, before the end of August. So fingers crossed we'll see the ball being shown in soon. Mm-hmm.